What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back with another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. This is our week six preview where we're going to have a guest on towards the end to uh, talk about Auburn with us. It's a friend of the show, Andrew Wright. Uh, We'll get into that here in a minute when we get to the Auburn section. But, y'all, we've been talking about this since we first started in July. This is the weekend with the best college football of the season. We've got a ton of good games this weekend. Um, It's October 8th. It's October 8th. We've been talking about it. We're all excited. Um, Wes, you still drinking a Mick Ultra over there? I just finished it right before we started recording. (laughs) Well, I'm still on this Larceny single barrel. Like I said, 92 proof. It's good. It's uh, much less than I normally drink as far as proof goes, so no burn on it, at least for me. Well, that's good. So to kick this one off, we're getting back to chronological order. I know last week we kind of jumped all over the place. But chronological order, we've got number – go ahead. Before we start, the state of Georgia hit a quadfecta. It wasn't a trifecta, it was a quadfecta. I just want to put that out there. Georgia won, Georgia Tech won, the Braves won the Mets, and the Falcons won. The Falcons and Georgia Tech were by far the most surprising. And, well, technically it's all five because Chase Elliott won at Talladega. So five Georgia teams won. (laughs) We almost went six for six, but Atlanta United had to lose. Yeah, way to go, United. (laughs) <laughs> but and on that note, we'll just go ahead and say Georgia Tech beat a pit team that Tennessee struggled with. Um, so just gonna just gonna throw that out there. But to get on with these October eighth matchups that we are all excited for, we've got number seventeen TCU at number nineteen Kansas TCU. <sighs> is a six-point favorite in Lawrence with the over-under at 67 and a half. That is almost 70 points combined. College Game Day is making their very first appearance in Lawrence, Kansas for a football game this weekend, spurning Bama and A&M, which that's going to be a blowout anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, TCU and Kansas have both been upset machines this year. Bold prediction for Adam Spencer, if he wants that to come true, Kansas is going to have to lose every other game for the rest of this year, which is is wild, but entirely possible. Because if you look at Kansas's schedule, it is tough. They've got nothing but ranked Big 12 teams coming in after this. Except Oklahoma. They might beat Oklahoma. Right, right. Because Oklahoma's and well and Notre Dame are both uh, top ten teams that dropped out of the rankings. Mm, weird. It's almost like they've been overrated for the last decade or something. So both of these teams are top forty in turnover margin coming into this game, which is nuts. That means, and for anyone that doesn't know, turnover margin is the turnovers you force on the other team minus the turnovers that you give to the other team. And it's that number. And they're both top 40. 
Um, both of these have had very balanced offenses, having almost identical passing and rushing yards coming this deep into the season. Both of these teams have given multiple upsets, including last week TCU put up 55 on Oklahoma. And uh, the joke that was going around last week, at least on Saturday, if you guys didn't see it, was who's going to hit 62 first? Is it going to be TCU or Aaron Judge? Fuck ESPN for that. That you know what? We'll just go ahead and start off with a tangent here. That is the worst thing ESPN's done for their ratings in years. You want to know something funny though? Albert Pujols literally just passed Babe Ruth for second all time. No coverage. No coverage. Because he doesn't play for the Yankees. But Aaron Judge is what hitting for fifth all time in a single season. But we're gonna cover that. But hey, yeah, for sure. No, I don't. It makes makes no sense. And if you watch, ESPN has stopped doing it because of all the backlash they've gotten. How few people actually care about the Yankees outside of New York. If we wanted to watch Aaron Judge, we'd watch the Yankees, not yeah. college football. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think this is going to be a real fun game to watch. I. If I go to a tailgate or if I go to a bar before uh, Deep South Oldest Rivalry, I will make sure this is on. It's a noon kickoff. so It's a noon kick. So I'll be able to watch most of it. It'll probably be getting flipped between this and the Tennessee game that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, Wes, I'll let you take this one first. So Who do you have? I was doing my deep dive because for whatever reason, I don't like to um, do my research until I'm actually, you know, doing the podcast. Uh, but I don't know if you said this when I walked away, but if you want to watch two ranked teams, two undefeated teams, you can get into David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium for as low as $34 on Saturday. So if you're if in only the, I had a desire to go to Kansas, but um, no, so literally the quarterbacks, all right, Dugan, Duggan, however you say his name, and Daniels, literally. The same as Zach Stats. Literally the same. They're running backs, yeah. Miller and Deal. Same exact stats. The top receivers, Barber and Grimm. Same exact stats. Like, literally these two teams <laughs> are right there with their top, like, players. It's crazy. But nobody walks into David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, with the win. At least not this season. Unless you're TCU. I'm going with the horny lizards. Uh, honestly, I didn't even – I you know, I typically type everything out in the outline that I kind of want to talk about. And I, even right before we came on tonight, I could not figure out who I wanted to pick in this game. <laughs> I think I think I've got to go with TCU. They just impressed me so much against Oklahoma last week. And granted, Gabriel was out for most of that game, um, and they brought in General Booty at quarterback. Um, yeah, best salute name in, that guy. Best name, yeah, in for sure. Um, but yeah, just what the TCU defense was able to do to that Oklahoma offense that was burning people all year until Kansas State. I just. I, I got to go with the horny lizards on this one, too. 
Go Horny Lizards. Let's go Horny Lizards. It's probably the only purple team I'm picking this week as a little bit of a preview for this next one. We got number eight, Tennessee, at number 25, LSU. And Tennessee is a three-point road favorite in Death Valley for this rare Baton Rouge noon kick. The over-under is at 62. Um, LSU all year has been like – has been this team – they don't look like they should be winning this these games, at least against Power 5 opponents, right? Like, they lose up until the very last second. They've had three fourth-quarter comebacks in five games this year. The only one of those that they didn't win was Florida State because they lost on a blocked PAT. Crazy. I lost money on that game. I, I refuse to bet on that game. So we have given our takes on Tennessee throughout the season, so we won't go too in-depth on those because you all know our thoughts, especially Tristan. We get a message at least every few days about us being wrong, even though we're backed up by stats. (laughs) But I think the run game and athleticism from LSU's backfield, including the quarterback, because that's one thing that Tennessee hasn't really faced so far this season is an athletic quarterback. I think it's going to pose problems for Tennessee's front seven, especially with how undisciplined their linebackers are. They've had a good, they've had a good defensive line. Their linebackers are just very undisciplined, and you've got and if you have a quarterback like Jaden Daniels that can run the ball and throw the ball, well, maybe throw the ball. He did awful last week against Auburn, and that, and that brings me to my next point. Jaden Daniels had eighty passing yards last week. Until he got hurt. Granted, he got hurt, and he didn't play towards the end of the game there. Nussmeyer came in. But if LSU can manage to actually throw the ball and actually get Kayshawn Booty involved, I think they can win this game. But I think that's going to be too tall of a task. I don't don't have confidence in LSU's consistency this season. Um, So... I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee to win this game. I think it's going to be very close. Um, I'm not sure they cover the three points. I'm not 100% on that. But I do think this game has got a chance to hit the over. What about you? Yeah. Um, once again, doing my in-episode deep dive, according to ESPN, the football power index gives LSU a 58% chance to win. I don't know if that's just because it's in Tiger Stadium and the Cajuns are going to be partying all Friday night into the game. I don't know if it's a new kickoff. I think Tennessee escapes Death Valley only because it is a new kickoff. Like looking at looking at the numbers, but like comparing Hooker and Daniels. Like, Daniels has 915 yards and six touchdowns, right? He has 89 completions. Hooker has 81 completions with 11, uh, 1,193 yards and eight touchdowns. Those numbers are pretty similar, but let Hooker get all the hype and Daniels is just there. But like you said, Daniels can also run. He's the leading rusher on this team. With a loaded backfield, he's the leading rusher. Yeah. So – I, I believe, and we've seen it. We've seen it all year. Tennessee's defense is probably the most sus defense you will find in the SEC. I, What's I, the stat? What's the stat I sent in the group chat earlier? 
Tennessee's defense is uh so they've allowed I don't see how, but they've only allowed 19 points per game. LSU's right behind them with 14.8 points per game. Tennessee's life. defense is ranked 98th overall out of 130 teams. Yeah, I I, I don't understand this hype behind Tennessee. And I might have been in my fields a little bit during the uh, the Missouri game saying that we were going to lose to Tennessee. Definitely in my fields. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I – I don't see that, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Rocky Top on this one. I hate to pick any team wearing orange, except yeah. Oklahoma State. I have found myself to be a big Oklahoma State fan here lately. I just like Mike Gundy. <laughs> I I like Spencer Sanders. I think the kid's an awesome quarterback. Did but we're not up? even – do what? Did you pick him up? Oh, yeah. yeah. I picked him up on the fantasy team. He's uh He's been killing it so far this year. Yeah. But I don't think we're talking about Oklahoma State tonight. We are going to go to Arkansas at number 23, Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a eight-point home favorite with the over-under once again at 62. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas showed a ton of resiliency last week against Alabama. They went down 28. They scored 23 straight. Um my thing about this game is Mississippi State's defense is so much better than people are willing to give them credit for. They are 22nd nationally in turnovers gained. They are designed to go right after the weakness of this Arkansas team. Um, Arkansas has not been able to stop the pass this year. For example, Arkansas is ranked 124th nationally in pass defense, which side note, is above Vandy and Tennessee, who are at 127 and 128, respectively. Um, yeah, Tennessee's at 128th nationally for pass defense, but we won't talk about that just yet. Mississippi State is 41st overall in rush defense, and that is Arkansas's biggest strength. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going with this, so I'll let you go ahead and go first, and then I'll, I'll chime in with my pick. Uh yeah, so if you're in Stark Vegas, you can get into this game for fifteen dollars. I wish um, I was in Stark Vegas. Right, like I think what I'm not, I don't think I mentioned in this last game we just talked about the Tennessee LSU game. You can get into that game for seventy four dollars. So if you're in Baton Rouge. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, looking at the numbers, you know, once again, Mississippi State's allowed twenty one point eight points a game. Arkansas is only allowed a little bit more than that with 30.6. So these defenses are pretty damn close. The offenses are pretty damn close, too. Um, Arkansas is scoring at a rate of 32 points a game. Mississippi State's 38 points a game. So I, I think this game's going to be close. I don't like that eight. I think eight's a little high. Um, I think it's going to be closer than Vegas thinks. I don't think the spread gets covered, but I do like the um, the Bulldogs from Mississippi. So I I have to disagree with you. I think I think Mississippi State covers, and I honestly think it might be uh, might be kind of easy just with Arkansas's one hundred twenty fourth nationally in pass defense, and that's yeah. after in the in the second half of that game last week, Bama went one or what is it one for four 
passing. So essentially the second half of last week did not add stats to Arkansas being 124th nationally in pass defense. I, I think, I think the Western Bulldogs win this outright. I think they covered the spread. I think they go to four and zero at home, but I will say, probably going to take the under on this because yeah, against Power Five cool. competition, against Power Five competition, Mississippi State is one and two on the over this year. It means they've hit mm-hmm. the under twice, and both of those have been at home where their defense has been able to step up with those cowbells and turnovers. Which I've so. I I'll honestly say I haven't watched a lot of Mississippi State throughout the years just because the Cowbells. But I do find it pretty cool that, like, because when the team gets on the ball, when – so when the opposing team is on offense and they get on the ball, like, you're not allowed to, like, have any artificial moves. As soon as that center touches the ball, Cowbells are done. Yeah. No, it, like it is – And then it's right back up. I was like, but that's, like – that's crazy that they are that unison. <laughs> so this is actually a conversation that I had with Kelsey at some point over the last couple of weeks. I wish Georgia in the stadium could get as unified as some of these teams. Because you've got right? like Ole Miss striped out the stadium last week. I mean, I hate to say it. Kentucky being organized enough to do the checkerboard or Tennessee being organized enough to do the checkerboard. Yeah. Mississippi State being organized enough to stop the cowbells right at the snap. Yeah, Georgia can't even do a blackout in the fe- in the stadium because everybody's like, "Oh, well, there's black on my white jersey, so like it counts." No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, if they say blackout, wear black. Yeah, I mean, what? Every time they've done a blackout, the crowd's been pretty pretty good about it. That's what you see on TV in the stands. It looks a lot different. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next game is uh, number 11, Utah, at number 18, UCLA. Utah is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Over-under is at 64. Someone please explain to me how UCLA is ranked lower than Utah, although UCLA is undefeated. And Utah, their only loss, granted one loss, is to a unranked two-loss Florida team. Tell tell me how that makes sense. Yeah. Do you ha- do you have an explanation for that? Because I don't. Yeah. I just want to know why UCLA can't get fans to come to their stadium. Everything I've heard about the Rose Bowl is it's a it is historic, but the stadium is not nice. It's like a forty-five minute drive from the rest of LA. Oh, yeah. I knew that, but, like, bro, you you have two good teams in L.A. right now. Oh, yeah. And you can't get butts in the seats at the Rose Bowl. I heard something. I I can't remember. I think it might have been another podcast I was listening to. They are like, it might just be a thing now for UCLA to not get fans in the stadium. Like, it might just be their thing now. You know what? If they go – I. The way this team's looking, they could go ten and two this year and maybe have a thousand people show up to a game. Yeah. No. DTR DTR's killing it. There so my next bullet here, UCLA is very much improved from last season. They have scored a minimum of thirty two points in every game this season, two and zero in Pac twelve conference play. 
they're a good team. Mm-hmm. That, like Washington last week, their offense looked phenomenal up until they came to they played UCLA last week. Utah's defense, though, is ranked 13th nationally in going in total defense, going against UCLA's eighth ranked offense nationally. Um, I guarantee you I will record this one because it's also a 3.30 kickoff, so I will be at Sanford Stadium for this, but it will be recorded. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. It's a small limb, but I'm going. I think UCLA wins outright. And, and to my defense, they're a much more proven team. Yeah. Washington I, I, is a good team, and they beat them fairly easily last week. I just – I don't – Utah struggled against a two-loss unranked Florida team, and Washington beat a ranked Washington team last week. I just – that's how it looks to me. Yeah, no, I right there with you. Um, these numbers, these offenses are literally neck and neck. The defense is going to be the difference. I feel in this game. Um, UCLA is allowing eighty yards a game rushing. That's crazy numbers. Like that's that's good. UCLA is good. No one expected it. And DTR's going off. So I like I like the LA Bears. All right. So we've only had one difference so far. Let's see if we can. No, we haven't. We've, we can... we've been the same. I pull, I said Mississippi State would cover. <laughs> oh, I'm going straight up. I'm not doing covering. Oh, man. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> So the next game we've got is number 16 BYU versus Notre Dame in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Notre Dame is somehow a four-point favorite with the over-under at 52. And once again, and this has happened a few times this season where I just absolutely do not understand the line. BYU is ranked higher in total defense. They're 40th compared to Notre Dame at 53rd. They're ranked higher in total offense. They're 28 compared to Notre Dame at 94th. I am absolutely perplexed by Vegas favoring Notre Dame in this game. (laughs) And I I know that they don't build those casinos in the desert because they're wrong. (laughs) They are right much more often than they're wrong. I just don't get it. Notre Dame possibly has one of the worst quarterback situations in the country right now. Their leading passer has 459 yards. (laughs) The only thing that I could think would be an advantage for this Notre Dame team is that last week was their bye week. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, BYU played on Thursday night. Yeah, so. So they had an extra two days. Wes, I'll let you take this one because I, I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I mean, there's not really much to say. Um, that this is a weird game to have in Las Vegas. The Catholic Mormons game. versus Catholics in yeah. Sin City. That does not make sense. Like in a stadium that looks like a spaceship. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there's really not much to say. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna have to go with the with the Cougs. Zach Wilson's always loved the Cougars. Hey, I love me. From, I love me from Zach Wilson. See, dude, I'm, I've always been a Zach Wilson. I loved him at BYU. I was trying to find a Zach Wilson jersey from B, a BYU one, but I can't find him. I'm sure I can on Fanatics now. Huh. Also, Mike, I know you're listening. Go to this game. Yeah, you're going to be in Vegas this weekend. It's only it's a twelve thirty local kick. You need to go to this game. Subliminal messaging. <laughs> Not very subliminal. It's very, it's very uh, direct. Go to the game. The next game we're going to talk about. Hey, I, oh, are you taking the Cougs? Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah I'm taking BYU outright. Yeah, yeah. Every stat you look at says BYU won't just win this game. They will win this game fairly easily. I'm putting, be- I'm putting money on this game. I I probably will too. I I just I've been wrong this season every time I've said I don't understand a line. I know that y'all can call me out if you want to. BYU's better on offense. They're better on defense. They're finally healthy on offense. I just how does Notre Dame win this game? They haven't been able to run the ball. They haven't been able to pass the ball. Like it just I don't get it. I don't. But we're going to talk about a uh, potential blowout in the SEC. Oh, a game, a game that there were multiple press conferences about in June and July. We're talking about A and M at number one Alabama. Bama is a twenty-four point home favorite over under at fifty-one. Dude, the money line is thirty-five hundred. I. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to go through it here in a minute about how there is a possibility that A&M can win this game. I just, I really, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. And so we'll just go ahead and get into it here. Saban said that Bryce Young's injury is not severe, but he's day-to-day. I I think a 70% Bryce Young plays this game probably wins this game. Yeah. But if they have to go to Jalen Milrow, and that's that's the only shot AM has at winning this game because AM's got a good defense, right? Yeah, Milrow can't throw. Milrow can't throw. Bryce Young's last snap against Arkansas was with 10 minutes and 54 seconds left in the first half. So that was under five minutes into the into the second quarter, Jalen Milrow came in. Bryce Young was still the leading passer on the day with almost three quarters of play from Jalen Milrow. He went four for nine for 65 yards Yeah, in almost only, three quarters. The only reason Bama ran away with that game against Arkansas is because of Jamari Gibbs. Oh, yeah. Jamari Gibbs, is he's he's good. And those, and those what, 75-yard run and like 78-yard run, something like that? Like, yeah, they, they broke off some big plays. That's um, the only reason they were able to – I wouldn't say the only reason they won, but the only reason they were able to run away with it. And Bama's defense stepped up because at one point Arkansas scored 23 straight. Yeah. So Bama's defense did step up, but their offense had nothing sustainable last week with Jalen Milrow in at quarterback. And I think that's the only way that A&M has a shot in this game. You want to know something funny, though? 
I have What's a, that? I'm friends with a bunch of Bama fans, and I hope you're listening. I'm sorry. And one in particular, I hope you're listening. You know who you are. Um, all this shit you hear about Bama, we reload, we're Alabama, blah, 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 is they load a fucking horse shit. Oh, for sure. If you reload, then you wouldn't have to worry about Bryce Young. But, okay, cool, Bryce Young's hurt. Cool, next guy come in. Shouldn't miss a fucking beat, right? JT Daniels went out. Seth Bennett came in. We won a fucking national championship with our backup quarterback when our starter got If hurt. Bama reloaded, two receivers getting hurt wouldn't matter. Exactly. So, I, this is the game. Granted, Alabama's going to blow a out of the water. I'll, I'll say it right yeah. here. Yeah. No, I've got, I've got Bama covering this game. This game right here, especially with all the shit that was talked in the offseason between both these fan bases and the teams and the players and the coaches and everything, this is Alabama's put-up-or-shut-up game when it comes to players being hurt if Bryce doesn't play. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And this is their opportunity to show how good those receivers can be in a put-up-or-shut-up game. Yeah. Because there is entirely a possibility where Bama doesn't cover this game because the receivers don't get separation. Yeah. That's entirely possible because A&M does have a good defense. I, Unfortunately, like I said, I, I think Alabama runs away with it. I, I think – but that's if Bryce plays. If Bryce doesn't play, it's going to be closer than what people think. Oh, I agree 100%. The only dip, the difference in this game is going to be that it's not in Kyle Field this year. Yep. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one because if if Bryce Young was out, and we still we won't know. Like like you guys know, we record these on Monday nights because that's just when we have the most availability. But if Bryce Young, if we find out later in the week he's not playing on Saturday, if this game was in Kyle Field, A and M would be favored. Yeah. It's I mean I wouldn't say favored, but it the spread would be a lot lower. I think they might be favored. If it was in Kyle Field, Bryce Young was out, like guaranteed out. I still I still think if Bryce Young plays, they cover the spread. I think if Bryce Young doesn't play, they win and don't cover. Yeah. Because, like I said, the only reason they won the way they did against Arkansas is because of Jamir Jam- Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you are done on Bama A&M, we'll go ahead and yeah, get into the D. Why, why was What's I that? just so passionate about that? That that one hit a <laughs> – It's because it was the talk of the entire offseason, and now A&M is trash. Yeah. But a game that was that has been going on for a very long time. We got the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Oh, and I still, you know what i i may I may have a little soft spot for UCF right now because they got John Rice Plumley, and I like watching him play football. But I just want to say, fuck you, Gus. This should be in November. This should not be on October. 8th. <laughs> it's so weird. This game should absolutely be the week before Georgia Tech, and it's stupid that it's not. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to play Georgia, you know, being the back to back. 
sucks to suck, nerd. You're getting fired anyways. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> yeah, do better. That's it. Just <laughs> do better. So Georgia is a 29 and a half point home. So we have an Auburn fan on the show with us, Andrew Wright. He's going to help us get a little bit of an insight into what's going on with the War Plains Tigers or whatever they're called. <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself. Give the listeners a little bit of backstory. Uh, what's good, everybody? Um, my name is Andrew Wright um, from Troy, Alabama. Um, quite sure y'all heard of Troy University, a uh, school that um, has gave a lot of teams a good good uh, fit in the past. Um, LSU, to name a few. <laughs> um, a lot of schools not nowadays don't want to schedule them because um, there's a possibility of them being upset um, by Troy or really anybody in the Sun Belt. Honestly, you look at Appalachian State, you look at uh, Georgia State, uh, those schools. Sun Belt is definitely not a pushover. Um, I can't say that much. Um, I attended Troy University back in uh, 2010 to uh, 2015, uh, majoring in broadcast and journalism. Um, got a little bit of background, uh, track and field. Um, didn't really play football, but did want, did aspire to become a, uh, eventually become a football, football coach, head coach one day. Um, maybe start off in little league and work my way up kind of thing. Um, but it does run the family on both sides. My dad played football at Troy, back when it was Troy State, um, in 19, on the national championship team in 1984, excuse me, in 1987. Uh, he played defensive line, um, so he was a part of that uh, championship uh, back then. And Tay Cody on my mom's side played at Florida State. Um, and I currently have a uh, another family member on my mom's side that plays at Auburn currently. He's a freshman, uh, J.D. Rim, uh, four-star uh, cornerback out of Badoff, Georgia. Uh, currently uh, in the mix, I think he's a uh, second-string um, second, third string uh, rotation right now because um, they got some guys that has been there a little longer, so a little bit more experience and season. But he should be in the mix uh, next year for the starting spot. So um, that's a little bit about me and everything. So, so you got you got athletes all over your family, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a quick, quick rundown. So, Wes. Andrew, y'all leaving me hanging or y'all drinking tonight? I actually got. Oh yeah, I got (laughs) a little bit like you know something like you know, uh, or otherwise. I'm left to try to leave a little heavy stuff alone. Um, (laughs) Got some stuff to do tomorrow, so I don't need to get too too tore up. Um, You know, but yeah, I got a I got a Michelob tonight. Not leaving you hanging. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> it's been two or three weeks in a row you left me with because you're on that damn apple cider kick. Hey, bro, I got a little bit left. I got to save it. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a Larceny single barrel over here, so not not my typical. This is only 92 proof. It's not oh, okay. in the hundreds like I normally drink, so I won't oh, be wow. getting too lit by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, man. If you're ready, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, jump into the Auburn talk here. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, like we said last week on the show, we want to hear the good stuff. 
We like hearing the positives. All we hear from the Georgia side is the negative things about the teams that they're going to play. So we're going to try and focus on the positives, and then we got a couple a couple hard questions towards the end. Um, so you you talked about recruiting. You got a family member that's on the team. Go ahead and give us a state of recruiting under uh, under Harson. Um, honestly, <laughs> funny that you said positive. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I'm gonna be honest. It's hard for me to be positive myself, uh, especially as of late. But I've, I'm like the only Auburn fan in my family. Uh, my dad's side is Alabama. My mom's Ooh. side is Florida, uh, Florida State. So, and I'm the only Auburn family. Um, so it's, a, I mean, it's a little bit of background on why uh, that is. I guess to say for my reason. Um, but as far as recruiting goes, um, it's terrible right now. Um, to be honest. And I try to I'm a I try to be honest. I'm a blunt and honest person, you know, straight to the point. I try not to sugarcoat anything. It's terrible, it's horrendous. Um, this is the worst it's been, uh, if I'm not mistaken, since 2004 when we were ranked nationally uh, 30th um, or whatever in recruiting. Um, as of now, well, uh, as of late. Uh, I guess to say last time I looked at it was last week, middle of last week, we were 53rd, 54th Jeez. in the nation. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, I think right now we only have 10, 10 commitments um, so far for the next upcoming class. And we just obviously had that decommitment from that uh, receiver. Uh, I forgot his name um, that decommitted, but um, so 10, I think he would have made 11, so 10 right now uh, nationally. And um, I think right now the commitments we have um, in-state is going to be actually out of Montgomery, where I'm cur currently located uh, right now. He's going to a, a uh, Catholic school. He's a running back, uh, four-star four -star running back. And we've pretty much been good on the running back aspect, uh, obviously. Um, look who our running back coach is, so – we pretty much have pretty good studs um, in the past and recently, as far as I can remember, on the running back side. Um, but we are definitely lacking other areas um, that are a dire need um, or whatnot. So, um, but yeah, so recruiting is uh, pretty terrible. Some articles I've been reading as of late, it's just Harson and just the staff in general that currently there, they're not aggressive. Like, compared to like, okay, obviously we're like, a little brother to Alabama, so we're always in their shadow. So just comparing to them in state wise, you know, just seeing and hearing um from what the coaches at the local high schools will say, it just says like saving is always there. Like saving, he goes to the high school, he interacts with, you know, the players that he's trying to go after aggressively. Harson, some coaches ain't never never even seen him, let alone talk to the man. Jeez. You wow. know what I'm saying? So and that that's it's just a that's not a good look and it's obviously a bad sign. Um now we have had some, you know, good recruiters in the past who's no longer with Auburn anymore, like Damian Craig, uh Kevin Steele, um I can't forget the uh offensive uh and defensive line uh recruiting side. But just those to name a few. Um they're just not not with the program, obviously since Harson took over uh, as of late. And um, recruiting is definitely going downhill. And um, so, yeah, that's pretty much 
Um, the gist of it, I guess to say, obviously it's more to it, but you know, <laughs> we talk all night on just on recruiting itself. Which is crazy too, because I mean, you think Auburn, like Auburn's a national brand. Like right. people should want to go to Auburn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, like the campus itself, I'm like literally 30 minutes um from Auburn. So of course I try to go as many home games as I can. Um, I've been to a couple this year. And um, the plains, the plains, as they call it, is very beautiful, nice. Yeah. Uh, Tuma, Tuma's Corner. Um, you know, if you haven't been there, you definitely should check it out. Um, whenever you guys' team play, play us, I guess to say, obviously West. You know, we play all every year, but um, <laughs> you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely nice on the, you know, um, the school side. You know, not just away from, aside from athletics and everything. Um. Great atmosphere, man. Very welcoming. Um, tailgating is off the charts. You see the student section. You know, it's always packed, packed house on that side. They always don't, you know, bring the energy and bring the noise. Uh, you know, not too not too rowdy, not too ruckus, you know, as some other schools are. Um, you know, like your LSUs and, you know, those, that fan base is a little bit more, you know, I just, I'm just speaking on LSU because that's what we played later recently. So, <laughs> um, you know, obviously that was a bitter taste in my mouth. But so, yeah, man, um, Auburn as a brand and as a school is definitely, I mean, it's a good school. And obviously people going to have their own opinions about it. Um, I would have went. I was trying to go, but it just didn't work out with the whole scholarship and everything like that. So um, I just ended up going to Troy uh, University. But, um yeah, Auburn, Auburn's definitely known, and um, I don't think Auburn gets, like, nobody likes Auburn. Like, you know, as far as, like, ESPN analysts, you know, they always going to, like, game day. I can't remember the last time they picked Auburn to win um, <laughs> on game day. You know what I'm saying? Just to give you, a, just to give you an example of that, um, got screwed <laughs> in the uh, Final Four. Um, know y'all got know you guys remember that um, <laughs> that whole fiasco. So we should have should have been in the natty and had a natty, but um, you know basketball is a whole different. Uh, not to get off on that, but Bruce Pearl's doing a um, phenomenal job on that side, I guess to say so. Um, but yeah, and Auburn is what right an hour maybe a little bit more from Columbus, a few hours from the Tallahassee area. Yeah. You've got the entire state of Alabama. Like, it's so close to so many recruiting hotbeds. It doesn't make sense. Right, it doesn't. And we're recruiting, you definitely have to be aggressive. Like, you know, uh, obviously I've never been like – I don't know how the process goes, but you have to be aggressive. If you want, If you want a player – you want to sell the program, sell your school. To me, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You have to be aggressive. You have to show that person, that player that you're going after, that you want them. You want to, you want to show them all the, you know, the bells and the whistles of your team, program, your facilities. You know, and Auburn has nice facilities, so it's not like not lacking that aspect. They just, hell, they just spent several more million dollars. Just built a new, um, whole new, um. I think they renovated the indoor facility and some other stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's just and some some questions I'm not gonna have the answers to. Um, obviously, like I I do have a little bit of people that you know are are on campus 
and obviously my uh, family member. But, um, you know, he really don't try to get into that personal side of it. He was just like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. You know, we we pushing through, we, you know, X, Y, Z and um, things of that nature. But he's still learning. Like, obviously, he's just coming in. He only been there a couple weeks, months, you know, um, outside of fall camp. So, um, yeah. So do you think that's a budget thing or an effort thing? I mean, are they giving him the resources? It's not, it's, it's not a, it can't be a budget thing. There's yeah. no way. Like, <laughs> there's no way. What, like, you say that, but I'm t- so just a little bit inside knowledge from when I used to live in Columbia, like the last few years of Spurrier's tenure in Columbia, they cut his bu- his recruiting budget in more than half because they wanted him to get off campus. Damn. So, I mean, that's kind of the where the question was leading is, do you think that the boosters are upset with how things have gone the last few years and they're not given the money? Or do you just think it's it, Coach Harson's used to the Mountain West and not really uh, not really putting the right amount of effort in? I think it's a little bit of both because I can see the boosters not giving him the resources he need to go after the recruits or, you know, whether that be travel or, you know, uh, connect with all these different people. And he had Harson, look, he's he's well known even before he came to SEC, you know, so right. it's not like, oh, he's just a new guy. Like, oh, Harson ain't never coached before. He's not known nationally or not, not uh, or whatsoever. But I think it's like I said, it's a little bit of both. Um, of not having the resources, not having the finances, giving the finances to say, hey, okay, we can go out, we can go to all these places. Uh, these are the players we're looking at. We can go literally in their homes, talk to them, or go to their high school, interact with them. Um, obviously, how you uh, official visits. I think we had like what <sighs> over thirty players there this weekend at LSU game. On that's not even including. Oh, wow. I think it was like more than that. Um. The Penn State game, obviously, not just this class for 2023, but right. for 2024, 2025, um, just a little bit um, of those guys that they're uh, trying to go after. I think, like, one or two more QBs that they're going after, um, and the list goes on. But as of right now, it's mainly, like, defense, honestly, which is crazy. And, you know, I can uh, harp on that a little bit more later, but mainly defensive linemen. I've seen edge, um, running backs and receivers. <clears throat> so I just so, looked, go ahead. I just looked at the recruiting budget. The only thing I could find was from 2019 to 2020. The recruiting budget was 648,000 and that dropped from 18 to 19 which was 955,000. That's insane. Yeah, it dropped drastically from 19 from 18 to 19 and 19 to 20. So I can just imagine. And then you have Bama. It shows show them compared to Bama. And Bama's in like the two billions. Of not course. Billions, two billion, I'm sorry. <laughs> two billion. I, was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, when you dig into the budgets behind recruiting, it's insane. Because I think what last year, the year before, Kirby and his staff spent almost $4 million on recruiting. Yeah. I mean, it shows, and then we all know what A&M did this past year. I mean, they literally bought their class and told people that work. they were going to get paid for coming on campus. Right. So, what is what is this year's team's biggest strength? Hank. 
<laughs> and I mean, the defense has been good for the most part too. Actually, they fell off a little bit. Statistically, they felt they've fallen off compared to the previous years. Um, I feel like they took a big step, and it was early in the season, but like you know, struggling to contain the teams that we uh that we played, and you just look at the yards we gave up and stuff like that. Now they did show up this weekend. Like I can say, they did you know show up this weekend on paper. Um, uh, pretty much did a good job of containing. LSU's quarterback, who is a pain in the butt to keep up with because um, he has some wheels on him. Um, but I think they've uh, – they stepped up, you know, uh, but I think in the previous year, especially in the secondary, we have been a whole lot better um, or whatnot, even before Harson came when Gus was there and everything like that. Secondary was something that we always – always uh, was at least decent at um, as far as against the pass and everything. So strength, what does this team do well? <laughs> um, right now, yeah, yeah. What are they doing well this season? Um, that's hard. That's hard. I mean, <laughs> make it. Maybe I'm making it harder than what it is. Um. Struggling only because he came off injury, but obviously we've been we have no issues before previously with uh kicking, I guess to say, uh having a kicker and everything like that. But obviously our strength is our running backs, uh like Wes said, Tank and Jarquez. You can't forget about him. Uh, oh, yeah. he's deadly deadly coming out the backfield, catching passes. He's a better a pass catcher than Tank is, in my opinion. Um the runs hard. Um so the, both of those guys are definitely um, the best skill position on the offensive side. And I think defensive side is going to be the uh, the D-line um, um, or whatnot. Because so, obviously we lost a lot of guys uh, this past year um, on the uh, in the secondary um, and whatnot and in the linebacking core. I mean, we still have Papo, um, but we replaced McClain, who was a monster, um, or whatnot. So I would say the running back position. Um, I mean, Papo is—he's such an athlete. If yeah, I don't—I don't know what it is. He just seems to be like a half second, second slow to react. But if he can get that in the next half season to a season, he—he he has first round potential all day. He's an extreme yeah, athlete sure. in that inside linebacker position. And I mean, Derek sure. Hall. It's just been tearing up every offensive line he's gone against. <sighs> oh, he's a monster, yeah, for sure. <sighs> the workhorse. So we... Go ahead. No, I would say he's a workhorse. Like, he gets after Oh, yeah. You know, never, never takes a playoff. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of guys that can turn the season around if if the other players will start listening to him. I mean, it it's that kind of leadership in the locker room that can turn it around in one play, really. Right. So we've already talked about weaknesses, so we can go ahead and skip that section. Um. So. Well, we didn't go into detail now. I'm not to okay. cut y'all. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't go, go into detail. 
Go, uh, if I you want to be negative, I'll let you be negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been that lately, I admit. But I say the ultimate weakness is the offensive line. Yeah, we now we are unhealthy. We are, uh, we we are not healthy in that position as well. Been rotating. I think we uh, substituted uh, centers twice already this Ooh. season. Um, that's tough. So, so we're definitely not. I say that's the most unhealthy position outside of quarterback as of late with Finley going down um, with that injury. Uh, but shout out to Ashford, though, man. He's yeah. a definitely a diamond in the rough, um, no matter how much people want to uh, not give him credit for, or if he just didn't, unless you were just living on the rock and didn't see the LSU game, what he did um, for him to be a freshman, um, just turned 20. So um, I say offensive line, and then uh, – I say the second position that's uh, our weakness is on that uh on that back end on like I said in the secondary that can use them um, and it's not like they're bad it's just com- uh, compared to what I'm used to seeing I right. guess like with the Car- Carlton Davis Jamel Dean uh, all those guys that are yeah. currently you know stars in the NFL so um, and who was that guy from last year that was so good the corner I can't think of his name um. McCreary? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. McCreary, yes. I mean, that guy was as close to shutdown as you can get in modern football for for pretty much his entire senior season. Yeah. I think he's on the uh, Dolphins, I believe. Uh, Dolphins, something like that. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that, but, yeah. The only thing I remember from last year's team is you could definitely count on Smoke Monday to be ejected for targeting, so – yeah, he's a hard hitter, you know. <laughs> Definitely was a hard hitter. I think he signed a free agent deal with the Saints. Oh, he, he, he didn't get picked up. Yeah. He didn't get yeah. drafted? So, Bounty uh, Gate 2.0? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think he's on the active roster, though. Um, uh, I have to follow up on that. That's surprising that he didn't get drafted. I yeah, feel like, that's nuts. I feel like he should have been at a uh, – different uh position um because his play style he's always tried to play in the box oh yeah coming downhill he he stayed getting burnt half the time like <laughs> busted you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it's just you know but anyway let me stop being hey he, um, he could end up like thomas davis play safety in college yeah. and inside linebacker in the nfl and have a yeah. long career out of it right 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 so I did look it up at one point, and Smoke Monday never finished a game against the University of Georgia because he always got ejected for yeah. targeting. Not yeah. once did he play all four quarters. That's crazy. Yep. I, hey, in the early 2000s, he would have been a first-round pick for that style of play. <laughs> oh, look at Greg Blue. Yeah. Crazy. That's what happened to uh, Sherwood. Uh, that played a couple years ago. I don't know if y'all yeah. remember him. Uh, I think he's on the Jets. He got moved to linebacker. Um, okay. That's that position switch uh, kind of thing. So, the hard hitter, you know, didn't really have the speed to kind of keep up with those receivers on, you know, on the outside and coverage-wise, um, schemes and everything like that. But that's why they made that switch. Because it's like, okay, well, we're going to utilize that aggressiveness and that, you know, he had the weight. He he was bulky, you know, so he could play. You know, it makes sense to put him at the uh, linebacker position. Yeah. Right. 
so we're going to flip flop these questions because I kind of put them out of order. Um, but so Auburn really seemed to have figured some stuff out in the first half last week. I mean, they went into the halftime, what, 14, leading 14-0. Um, so what did they do against LSU? Because, I mean, LSU's got a pretty good defense, all things considered. So what did they do to be able to figure some things out? Like um, LSU has a pretty, they have a pretty good D line. Um, you know, um, they obviously think Ashford had three hundred over three hundred yards passing um, that game, and um, so it was just, I mean, the RPO um, play action, the whole nine. So I feel, I feel like. Their secondary wasn't as disciplined. They would have been more disciplined than I feel like a lot of those busted plays when they happen. Because mm-hmm. um, you think about it, those chunk plays that we hardly ever get, that we're, you know, you got to have big plays, I feel like, in order for it to, you know, to win big games and uh, things of that nature. But um, they were just not in position, you know. So I feel like that's LSU's weakness. Because to me, I feel like, honestly, in LSU, I don't think they're that good. We'll see as the season goes on. Um, I don't know if anybody's a uh, LSU fan in here, but we'll see. We might have one or two LSU listeners. (laughs) We'll see as the season goes on, um, you know, how they do. Um, But, you know, obviously I can't talk because I don't think, you know, we're not going to do – I'll tell you my record, what I think we're going to end up being later on in the show. But, but yeah, um, obviously passing, I would say. Um, Didn't really run. Um, but it was, you know, the play action. I mean, it was just killing it. Do you think they'll be able to carry that forward into the game in Athens? <clears throat> it's a possibility. Um, obviously, the turnover was, turnovers hurt. Um, we basically gave the game away, um, lit- like, literally on a silver platter. Um literally. Like, <laughs> everybody saw the game. I mean – you know, um, so looking at that, and it's like I didn't even expect us to be in the game, honestly. Um, in the first quarter when we started scoring, I was like, okay, so this, you know, I know we known we're known for blowing leads. Like, look how we end up the uh, end of last year, going into this year, kind of thing. Um, so it's just something that sit right with me. And sure enough, at the halftime, I was like, yeah, you know. Then we got the turnovers. Um, and that strip, I mean, that one, uh, strip pick that really wasn't on Ashford. He just took the ball away from Moore. Um, so, I mean, he really couldn't, I really couldn't be mad that that wasn't on the quarterback, the receiver that just got to get in the weight room. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta, he's gotta stop talking shit before the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will agree on that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but yeah, Jordan's gonna be Jalen Carter last week too. Now he's out four weeks. Yeah. But uh, Jalen Carter started a fight for that game, and then he got taken out. Mm. Um, I feel like he was trying to prove himself too. No, you good? I feel like he was trying to prove himself too, uh, being that he played at LSU. Um, And obviously, we're lacking in the wide receiver room um, or whatnot. So he brings the big, big play. type of guy. Um just gotta get the ball to him. Um definitely can jump up and go get it. 
kind of thing. Obviously, he has some stuff he needs to work on. Um, nobody's a perfect player um, in that aspect, but it's always something you can work on, always something you can tweak to get to that next level. Um, but it's all about improving game by game, making those adjustments. And I feel like see, I feel like that's a thing that Harson doesn't do. Like, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but doesn't make halftime adjustments. You know what I'm saying? Like, from what I see, you know, Man, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know y'all watch watch us play, and uh, other people out there have seen us play. But it doesn't make halftime adjustments. Like, obviously, I knew we wasn't going to keep that lead. You know, it's the first half. You know what I'm saying? Unless you made adjustments. You know, outside right. of turnovers. So, got to win a turnover battle. You got to win. Excuse me, in the trenches. You know, line of scrimmage. And you know, uh, and special teams. Those three things determine the outcome. Nine times out of ten in a football game. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, you got to you got to make those um, adjustments. Even when you're up, you still it's all about, you, game is all about adjustments. Yeah. What is the team doing um, that's hurting us? You know what I'm saying? What are we doing, or what are we not doing that we need to do? Um, you know, yeah. maybe they're giving different looks. You know, anyway, um, not trying to <laughs> ramble and take over here, but oh, you're good. Yeah, I mean, halftime adjustments are definitely a big thing. That and, like, controlling the turnovers. I mean, if you, watching the Georgia-Missouri game, turnovers and then hurt us. And then at halftime, you definitely saw, for the most part, a different defense come out than what played that first half. A couple of chunk plays here and there that the defense allowed. But halftime, adjustment, halftime adjustments are going to win you games. Like, it, There's no doubt about right. it. Oh, Even yeah, when you're sure. leading, there's always something you can do better. Yeah. Right. So, if you could improve a single position on this team overnight, what would it be? O-line. That's, That's a unit, fair. O-line. I would probably say the same thing right now, too. <laughs> For Georgia, specifically. Yeah. O-line. Yeah, no, like you're saying, line of scrimmage is 90% of the game in the SEC. Without yeah. without somebody like Johnny Manziel, if you don't have an O-line, you're not going to do well. I mean, even last year, Bama looked unbeatable until they started getting rushed, especially in that Auburn game at the end of last season. The defensive line took over and made Bryce Young run for his life, and that's how they got to four overtimes. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And especially for Georgia right now, me and Wes were texting during that Missouri game. And uh, Tate Ratledge on Georgia's team is just driving me up and down the wall. I can't I can't stand it. That boy is on skates every snap, it seems like. Got the best mullet in the game, though. Yeah, he's got a hell of an NIL deal with Barstool because he's got a nice mullet. <laughs> <laughs> So what is your favorite player – or who is your favorite player on this team, and it cannot be your family member? There you go. Why is that? Just his, uh, his passion, his love with the game. You can tell he loves what he does. Um, like I was saying, never takes a playoff. Um, kind of the uh, – he's the leader on that defense. Uh, obviously, some other guys on there, but obviously he's captain for a reason. Um, you know, 
will be definitely a um, pretty good, solid draft pick um, for whatever t- whoever drafts him. Um, obviously, like I said, goes back to the whole thing. There's always something you can improve on. Um, but he just has that that it factor. He wants to win. Like, he wants, you know what I'm saying, to get after the quarterback. That's what he's supposed to do. Um, disrupt whatever the offense is trying to do, whether it be run, even on the pass, get to the quarterback, um, shed the block, um, and, you know, the whole nine. So I would say Derek Hall, and then the second would be second would be Ashford. Uh, he's growing on me. Um, talked to him a little bit at the uh, spring game or whatever. So um, I was definitely a fan um, coming into the season of him. Um, but I was willing to give Finley Finley a shot, um, you know, so, but yeah, Ashford is definitely the future, um, or whatnot. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell right now who won that uh the trade with Oregon. Y- y'all are Oregon. Bo's <laughs> <laughs> been going off. Except we. Yeah, but you got you got to look at the the competition though. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to look at the competition. I mean, we'll find out Saturday because, I mean, hey, Bo looked like complete garbage against Georgia, so we'll see what Robbie Ashford does. Yeah, that is true. Um, and you got to think about it. Bo has more experience than Ashford, though. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. like, by, by far. Uh, not even just with the SEC, but just playing because Ashford played baseball in Oregon. Like, I think yeah. before coming to Auburn – did he take like a year off, like or something like that, before he actually the last organized game he played or something? You know, that's yeah. what people have to realize. You know what I'm saying? So he had to come in, learn a new system, you know, learn the playbook, the whole nine, learn the position in detail. Oh, and yeah. you can see literally, literally seen. The, I don't know if you've seen like a couple of the first, you know, tune-up games or whatever outside of Penn State. Um, the progression he's made, like he's not just his first option is not to take off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's tried. He like in the LSU game, he stayed in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Made made the pass. He's a decent passer. Yeah, yeah. He's not great, but he he can throw it. He can swing it around now. You know, and also you got to count for him taking off. You know, so yeah. Um, he's only gonna get better as the season progresses, and um, it will be a toss up next year because I mean we've kind of seen what uh Calzada can do at A and M. Uh, can't forget about him. Everybody's like, well, why haven't we seen him? I'm like, he's still not 100% from that uh, shoulder surgery. And sure enough, he's out for the season. And he had to go get it redone or had to have another minor surgery or something like that. Um, and they just ended up putting him um, out for the rest of the year. So um, the next up behind uh, Ashford is the uh, freshman um, that I'm the kid I'm excited to see too um, coming up. So QB room is got some competition. It's pretty pretty full outside of Finley. So um, we'll see how that um, how that pans out outside the coaching carousel and fiasco. Uh, so. <laughs> I've said it once, and I will say it again: a mildly concussed Zach Calzada is a Heisman contender. <laughs> It's what he did against Bama. He he got hit. He went in the tent. I don't know if they gave. I don't know if they had some of Michael's Michael secret stuff from Looney Tune Town or something in there. But he came out and played like he was possessed. Oh yeah, just, for sure. Just give him a light tap on the head, just a little, <laughs> and let him go play quarterback. 
he might not see straight, but he's going to hit a receiver. Oh, yeah. I definitely think he probably would have been one of the better passers out of the three to me, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, but like I said, that shoulder, uh, everybody's like, well, he's not in. He's not in the rotation. Hart's not playing. I'm like, he's not healthy. Like, right. he's not healthy. Even before they announced, I was like, he's not healthy. I was like, y'all fail to realize that he got hurt before he even came to Auburn. Yeah, that's why we didn't see him in the spring game and none of that. So, yeah. I mean, so what? As long as we, keep, as long as we keep Auburn from getting a um guy that got kicked out of the school to play quarterback, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> now, if Anthony Richardson gets kicked out of Florida and then goes to a JUCO and then goes to Auburn, everyone needs to be scared. Yeah, hey, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you had to, what would you project the final record is at the end of the season? It's <sighs> and see, that's a tough question because of the simple fact of like I don't outright see us getting blowed out in like a lot of these games. Like Penn State, that was a bad game. I, I mean, I didn't unfortunately I didn't watch. I just saw the highlights because I had some. Um, prior engagements to uh, attend to, so I didn't really get to watch it live. I just saw the highlights at the end. But honestly, outside of some games that can go either way, because um, you don't really know, like we got A&M at home, I believe. Uh, we have Arkansas at home. Go to Bama, go to Georgia. Uh, go to Ole Miss. So it's a pretty... We have the toughest schedule out there, arguably. Um, Auburn always have a tough schedule, you know. Um, so nothing's never easy for us. Can't really speak for Alabama, but we're not going to – that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> but um, may ruffle some, ruffle some feathers with that one. But um, I'd say – y'all would project us to win two more games. <laughs> <laughs> but I say we could go six and six. Yeah, six and six. I could definitely see it. I think I think Roughly. A&M and Arkansas are both very vulnerable right now, especially. Now that Mississippi State game concerns me too. Um, with that being on the road, um, same. So that Mississippi yeah. State and Ole Miss, Ole Miss defense is oh my god. Um, They're actually good this year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's not looking too great outside of the Georgia. Yeah, Ole Miss having a good defense this year is probably the most surprising thing of college football. Yep, for sure, for sure. So, but it, who knows? Anything can happen, though. Anything yeah. can happen. Y'all could win out. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen. Everybody knows God's an Auburn fan, so anything's possible. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Hey, I don't. God Himself could come down and have a conversation with me, and after that 2013 season finish, you couldn't convince me. I was at. You can't convince me. What's that? Yeah, that was wild. I was at both of those games. I was at the. Prayer, Jordan here, and I was at the kick six. That was wild. 
<laughs> yeah, I, like I said, God himself could come have a conversation with me, and I would not believe that he's not an Auburn fan after 2013. He could, couldn't do it. So, last question before we get to picking some games and then some uh, rapid-fire questions. Is Brian Harson still the head football coach at Auburn come, come the Iron Bowl? Look, I'm not the decision decision maker, but you just asked for my opinion. I say yes. Okay. Say so yes. I gotta ask, is there a reason why you think that? Because it seems like everybody else around the country, at least in the major media, thinks that Brian Harson's gonna get fired before the end of October even. Well, for what I feel like they were gonna do it, it was just already um, That's fair. Two is just if they will do it, it would be at the end of the season, um, unless we just don't win a game. Like between now and then, like don't win a game. Obviously, you have to pull the plug, but um, maybe on the bye week or whatever. But I feel like, um, I mean, the most logical thing that makes sense is just to wait till after the Iron Bowl and pull the plug in. Um, but and see, that's the thing. That's what I hate is that you have to give – you only have a small window coming – well, really in any SEC school, but particularly for some reason in Auburn. Yeah. Um, you only have maybe a two-year window. It's like they expect you to win – Right off the gate, because obviously, like I said, we're in the shadow of Alabama. So it's like we have to kind of trying to keep up with them, uh, even though all great things must come to an end, because Saban's not going to be there forever. So, you know, Alabama went through their rough time with Mike Shula, the whole nine. So they're in the, you know, we're in the dynasty mode um, as of late. But honestly, if you want my opinion, I don't think they'll win another national championship. That's just me. That's just, that's just me. That's just me. I dropped that. I dropped that. that. I dropped that bomb right there. I just, I don't think they'll win another national championship in the near, near, near future. Um, this year or the next couple of years, I don't, I don't see it happening. I could be wrong. Um, but, um, I don't see it happening. Um, cause like I said, um, dynasties do end. Uh, they don't last forever. So, um, you know, it will be other schools that, you know, that are competing and that's on the rise, especially with the whole new playoff format coming. Um, you know, things will change and it won't always be the same team um, winning the national championship. So there's several factors that play into that. But um, but going back to the whole Harson thing, not to get off on that. Um, I mean, I like him as a person. Um, I feel like he could be more uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? He could be more, like, engaged, like, in the game, like, you know, with the team and more vocal and things. I mean, he is a little bit um, just watching his, but his body language, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just looks like sometimes he's thinking about what he got to get from the grocery store or something like that on the sideline, like his, his grocery list or something. 
Um, you know, but I can say the team responds well. They do a good job of blocking the outside noise amongst all this chaos with the whole old Harson's about to get fired and you know, who knows? He could get fired tomorrow, you know. But to me, I just think that he's gonna be there to the Iron Bowl. And um unfortunately, like I said, you have a small window at Auburn because the people that hold make the decision, the people that have the money, um, or whatever, you know. They already tried to get him out of there with the whole investigation, with the whole scandal <laughs> fiasco. You know what I'm saying? Um, that all ended thing. up being a rumor made up by the boosters. See what I'm saying? So it's just like they were already trying to get him out of there. So I know it's only delaying the inevitable, but I feel like it's going to be – the season's going to finish out, and then I feel like they'll, they'll um, make that coaching change. Who we're going to get, I don't know. We'll have that conversation when that time comes, but um, but yeah. So, uh, but I like him as a person. I feel like give if he were given a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? Like Auburn yeah. would be a decent, respectable team. I mean, we're a decent team now, but a good team. You know what I'm saying? Get his program in, get the players. Cause you gotta think about it. He has Gus leftovers. Like all these players are Gus's players. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. He has to have the time to recruit the players he wants, for one, get them in, get his system implemented and stuff like that. Right now, he had to come in, take over, put his system in that he brought or maybe he came up with a whole new system from Boise State, whatever, um, and coach up the players. Because obviously last year, I think you had those issues with the players in, you know, in the locker room. Someone was talking bad on Harson and stuff like that. Um, and someone, you know, transferred out and everything. But – Harson didn't play that favoritism crap. Gus did. Gus had his favorite. Gus, right. uh, Harson gonna play the best. The best player. He ain't afraid to pull you. You stinging it up. You coming out of there. You right. know what I'm saying? So obviously the QB room. You only had, you know, so many options. Finley, Ashford. You know, um, so they both turned the ball over. Ashford's a freshman. He's young. Finley. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He knows the system, but it's just like. He's not – he doesn't have the complete package. So, it's like, okay, he's – I saw why he was doing both. saw he, why he was playing both. Everybody may have said, like, oh, the 2B kids – 2B Q – 2QB system not only going to work for so long. It may not work at all. But, I mean, I like that. I said, it's not like he had a go-to – go-to decision. Like, oh, okay, well, Ashford's going to be a starter from now on. If Finley was still healthy, he still would be playing both. Yeah. Right. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? So – but I like him as a person, like I said, and, um, you know, I wish that they would give him time to, you know, get get, get his system in. I feel like he cares about the players. The players respect him. Just watching some off-the-scene off um, point of view, like when I was at the game and uh, some video floating around of him, you know, just talking to Ashford after the performance Saturday. Like, it was his birthday. Like, him and his wife were talking to him. They had a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? Just – you know, gave him a pep talk kind of thing. It was more on a personal level because he's your uh, he's he's the QB. Sorry, I got a call coming in, but oh. yeah, <laughs> we can pause it until he gets. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, sorry about that. I clicked the wrong nah, thing. You good. Nah, you good. But uh, he's the QB, so um, you know, so that I thought that was really cool, man. And people just have to realize, like, he cares about his players, and I feel like he actually takes the time and he gets to know him, spends time with him, and he's just not like, oh, he's not the type of guy like, oh, I don't give a crap about um my players, because there are some coaches out there like that, um, you know. So just have to look at it big picture wise. Um, outside of whatever, you know, whatever your team is, whoever your team is, like, you know, when I watch Alabama play, when I watch Georgia play, you know, I look at every other things outside of just the game, you know what I'm saying, the culture, you know what I'm saying, um, the things that they do. Um, so uh, how they how they handle uh, turmoil or animosity or uh, the media. Um, so I feel like, you know, Harson responds to that, and he tried not to really get too caught up into that. Or whatever. So, um, you know, I feel like he's gonna get he's gonna be a head coach again wherever he goes. He's gonna get another job outside of Auburn. You know, he's not a bad coach, but it's just right. SEC and the, the level of expectation. Because hell, look at Jimbo. I don't think Jimbo's gonna be at A and M much longer. You know, <laughs> I think he's gonna yeah. he's gonna end he's gonna end up. Uh, I think he rightfully wants the West Virginia job. <laughs> he wants to go because that's where I think where that's where he's from. Um, I think you're right. Out that way. So I think Jimbo, don't be surprised if he ends up at West Virginia in the near future and takes the AM is looking for another coach too. Um but anyway, so so yeah. We call that more money than sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I saw something where um if it wasn't for uh Jameis, Jimbo wouldn't be a head coach right now. And it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's hard to dispute that. Yeah, but if you're ready, we'll uh we'll run through we'll run through some of these games and get some picks from you. Is that all right? Yeah, you're our first guest that gets to pick games. So nice. Yep. We're doing we're, we're trying we're trying it college game day style here. <laughs> nice. Keep the record now. Keep the record. Oh no, we are we are. Oh, yeah. That's everything get made. <laughs> All right, so the first game we're going to talk about is TCU at Kansas. The first time college game day has ever gone to Kansas for a football game. Who you got? Come on, man. Kansas needs to stick to basketball, man. Give me TCU. <laughs> Give me TCU. Give me the horn frogs. The horny lizards, as we call them. <laughs> I don't know. Kansas right. may pull it out, but I like TCU enough. Yeah. Our guest last week said that Kansas is going to lose out the rest of the season and not make a bowl. Well, he was already wrong. Well, he said they were going to go They'll one and seven. They'll make a bowl. They'll make a bowl. They'll get a bowl. He said they were going to go one and seven after after we talked to him last week. And so far uh, they won one, so now they got to lose seven. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll get to make a bowl. <laughs> All right, next what we're going to do is Tennessee at LSU. <laughs> What time is that game? Mm. Noon. 11 a.m. local? Yeah. yeah, it's 11. Yeah. The thing is, those Cajuns, they're going to start tailgating at about 10 p.m. the night before and just not stop. <laughs> yeah, but uh, give me Tennessee because it's not a night game. Um, and I think Tennessee's offense is a little bit better than ours. <laughs> just a little bit. All right, so give me Tennessee. Their so offensive line's not much better. I guarantee that. 
Right. But give me Tennessee. I like Tennessee in that one. All right. Arkansas at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State by far, easily. I like that. I like that. I agree with that one. <laughs> now we got Utah at UCLA. Undefeated UCLA. Uh, give me the home. Give me UCLA. Ooh. Next is BYU versus Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Such a weird BYU. game have in Vegas. BYU. There we go. All right, A and M at Bama. <laughs> Bama. Unfortunately, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. But Bama. All right. Even with, even is, with the Bryce Young injury. Last one. We're going to do the Deep South's oldest rivalry: Auburn at Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> You can pick with your heart here. It's okay. <laughs> Auburn to show up, but in the end, I feel like it's going to be Georgia. You're taking the dogs. I, I don't think they'll the cover. intellectual I don't, honesty. I don't think they'll cover the spread, though. Oh, no. Oh, I don't either. Yeah, no, definitely not. A 30-point spread after last yeah, week's performance? Won't. There's no way. But no I way. think Georgia pull it out. All right, I got to break down, so we'll see. All right, so the last part here is we're going to go through a few rapid-fire questions just to try and get to know you a little bit better. So what is your first college sports memory? doesn't have to be football. doesn't even have to be Auburn. Just the first thing you remember about college sports. Mm. Mm. That's a lot. That's a lot of. You said first or fa- uh, can it be your favorite? You can do favorite if you want. Um, my favorite since this is deep south oldest rivalry. You know I'm gonna do the hell uh, <laughs> oh. <the> Mary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna do the hell Mary. Um, the prayer. You know that was that hurts. That was, that was awesome. Oh, God. And then hurts. Trey Matthews transferred to Auburn the next year. Great. Yes, he did. <laughs> no, nah, he started playing for Auburn early that year. That's what happened. <clears throat> both of the both of the Georgia players involved in that play did not play in Athens the next season. <laughs> they both transferred. <laughs> they had to. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was bad. So if you were a five-star college recruit and you could not go to Auburn, where would your top three official visits be? Florida State. Um, mm. Florida State. It's oh, tough. These are hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there's so many. Um, 
You had to go Oregon for the swag. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely the drip on that. Um, Oregon. Um, I'll go to LSU. I'll visit LSU. I, I'll go down there. I, I, okay. They tigers. They they tigers. So you know, I get along. We I get along with them better than I do Georgia and of course Alabama. But uh, LSU, Oregon, Florida State. Um, Ohio State. Um, okay. And uh, 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 Texas. Okay, I'm actually going to Austin here in a few weeks. I'm pretty pretty excited about walking around that campus and seeing what's going on out there. Yeah, I want to go out there. I want to. So. Pick a spot outside of the United States for Auburn to play Alabama. If they hosted a rivalry game outside of the U.S., where would it be? Where would you want it to be? I like the beach and I like um, the water. So I'd say give me Hawaii. Okay. Some, some on the island like that. So I know Auburn doesn't really use very many alternates. But if you nope. could come up with an alternate for Auburn, what would you like to see him wear? Mm. You know, they got the classic, man. They don't really – we don't really change it. They stick to the history. Um, Should have pulled out orange, but hey. That orange, yeah, I was about to say. The, uh, I would do the orange with the uh, – the white, the orange and white, um, orange face mask, white helmet, and the white, the white pants. Or, man, eh, might not look like, might not. I don't know if I'm me saying it sounds good, but <laughs> how it actually look. But all blue. You know, all navy blue. People, I've seen a lot of people try and speak that to existence. Maybe like so all blue with an orange face mask and orange shoes yeah. or something. Yes, for sure. Yes, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah. All right. So money is not an object. You can sit anywhere in the stadium. Where are you going to sit? I pretty much sat anywhere in Jordan Hare. Everywhere in Jordan Hare. Um, uh, two. I'm stuck between. The uh, end zone and the 50. Um, I like the end zone food because obviously we got the big, the big jumbotron, um, or whatever. So that I sat in the corner above the head, uh, above the hedges or whatnot. Um, and you know, you got the view of the field, you see everything on top of the see the jumbotron, and um. The 50, get the same view um, or whatever. Um, but it's not really a bad seat in there, yeah. honestly. So even if it's at the no in, in the nose leads, uh, but so I was pretty much set. Anyway, but those are the top two. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big end zone fan. I like, I like being able to see the all 22 view and breaking stuff down mid game and yelling at people and making everybody that sits close to me hate me. Nice. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
I can definitely agree that there's not a bad seat in Jordan Hare at all. No. I'm sure other stadiums are like that. Like, you know, never been to uh y'all stadium, Georgia Stadium or whatnot. Um I've been to uh I've been to South Carolina. I've been to uh Tennessee, just to name a few. Um Clemson, places like that, and those those are pretty sweet. Um, you know, all different um all different experiences, touch the rock, all that. So um, all get pretty just as loud, especially South Carolina. That damn game cock, man. Oh my god, on kickoff, <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, so all right. So after a night out of drinking, and this can be in Auburn, in really any city. If if you were drinking one night and you could go get anything anywhere you wanted to eat, where would you go? <sighs> mm. Anything? Yeah, you can. It, what's your go-to food after a night out of drinking? Go-to food, Waffle House. <laughs> Best answer there Waffle is. House. Yeah, Waffle House, man. All-star meal. That's all I need. Can't you beat know. it. Nope. That's, that's the best answer. <laughs> All right, so what team or fan base is your favorite to talk trash to? Of course, it's Bama. <laughs> of course, you know. I can deal with Georgia fans. Um, you know, they're not really obnoxious or whatnot. Um, LSU fans, uh, I don't know too many LSU fans um, or whatnot, but the people that I do know that's LSU fans, they're pretty cool. Um, or whatever. So, only issues I have is definitely the, um, the elephants, um, or what have you, um, or whatnot. So, you know, no, they're they can't decide their mascot either. But they can't. They can't even tell you. Can't even tell me when you get into an argument, heated argument. When they can't even tell me who the quarterback is. You know, that that's like people don't. You want to talk football and you can't, even, for one, speak facts or stat statistics or whatever, but you can't even tell me the player. Like, <laughs> I mean, most I, Bama fans I, don't know who the coach was before Saban. Exactly. I'm, I can't even have this conversation with you. You just know y'all winning. That's it. You winning. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it. That's all, that's. I guess that's what's the most important thing, but I like to talk actual detail in sports. Like, you got to hit me with the, the yeah. fact, you know. Um, Tell me about the team, you know, what's going on, um, like we're doing now kind of thing. Um, I just hate – I hate I hate that fan base with a passion. Like, I hate Crimson Tide. I hate Crimson. I hate the color. I hate elephants. I just hate it. I respect <laughs> – I respect – I respect the team. I respect the coach. But I hate the fan base. Yeah, Dumbo's an awful movie. <laughs> Yeah, but everybody else is cool, man. Like, you know, uh, we talk trash on game day, but, um, you know, like me and Wes, for example, like, we it's all, it's all love. We cool and everything like that. We don't get too outrageous with it. So. Yeah, well, if you, on a whim, decide to come up to Athens this weekend, get my information from Wes and let me know because I'll be up there. 
Nice, nice, nice. I ain't never been. Um, I don't even know what them tickets going for. Um, honestly. it depends on where you want to sit. Because yeah. I've seen them for as low as a hundred a piece, and I've seen them as high as five hundred a piece. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. That's about iron bowl prices. <clears throat> now that's one yeah. place I never set foot in. I'm ne- I'm not going to Brian Denny. Like, I, I was not that bad. I, I've been. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> not going to Brian Denny, dog. Like, not, no, I watch that on TV. Um, I'll go to I'll, I'll go to y'all stadium. I'll go to Georgia, though. I go to Athens. But, um, yeah, just be prepared to that. I go to LSU too, you know. But Athens will show you a good time. I, that is one thing guaranteed. If you go into Athens and don't mind spending a little bit of money, you can uh, you can fall asleep on the sidewalk before you realize it. Nobody cares. It goes all right by. Yeah. <laughs> All right, nice. Yeah. Nice. I was thinking about going to Old Miss. I heard that was pretty Ooh, pretty yeah, straight Oxford, down there. Yeah. Oxford. Um, uh, cause we play them um think next week. After the Georgia game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it don't get no easier for us. So yeah. Thinking about my friend of mine talking about going to the uh old miss game. So that's eleven AM game too. Ooh. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with before we uh, before we get you out of here? No, man. I just appreciate y'all having me. Um, Wes kind of caught me off guard, uh, asking me to come on here. But you know, (laughs) uh, I love talking football. I love uh, you know just having a good conversation. Um, without, you know, everybody having some common sense and, you know, respect for one another, um, know how to have a good time and everything like that. So it's good that people from different teams that are a fan of different teams able to come together and, um, you know, talk sports or whatnot. So it was a great experience, and I appreciate y'all for having me. And, uh, of course, I'm going to say War Eagle. So (laughs) I'm going to tune in and be cheering for my team, but, you know, I am an honest person, so I believe the dogs will continue on with their winning. So, yeah, wish them the best of luck. You're like our third option. We reached out to Cole Kublik. He didn't answer. Reached out to Keo Spikes. He didn't answer. So, we're like, you know what? We'll get Andrew on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got y'all, man. Anything <laughs> Auburn-related, yeah. I got but you. But, hey, hey if, if I came in third to Cole Kubelik and to Keo Spikes, I'd be happy. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I I feel honored. I feel like oh, like okay, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I never never did this before, so I uh, kind of had to do it. You know, Wes sent me yeah. the uh, question. I mean, the the outline or whatever. So I had to briefly go through it or whatnot. So I pretty much had an idea of what I wanted to say or whatever. So I, we we want to thank you for coming on with us tonight and giving us some good information. And, you know, I hope Auburn wins all but one game for the rest of the season. This is Saturday. <laughs> I, that's respectable. I respect that. I, that's respectable, you know. Um, I, I would I just love to see game. some seasons ruined. I just want a good game, you know. Uh, like I said, you know, anything about Auburn, you know, they don't they don't quit. They don't they – don't, uh, they don't bend over um, or whatnot, so – you just gotta stay disciplined, man. That part of part of that loss Saturday was part of being disciplined on top of coaching errors or whatnot. Like, why would you go forward on fourth anyway? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But uh, so 
the other aspect of it was being disciplined, um, because that's what turnovers turnovers fall into, um, or whatnot. So I feel like if we were more disciplined team, um, and not had so many uh turnovers and penalties, then even though I think LSU had us beat on the penalty side, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember, but everywhere else we led in every other category, um, besides I think uh rushing, um, so. A turnover, that's that's that was the game. I mean, four turnovers, you're not and we still almost won with the the three before <laughs> the last one, you know, which was crazy. But that just goes to show is LSU really that good, or that was just how much of a bad game that was. Like it depends on how you look at it, you know? Yeah. Um, for sure. Even even when I watched them when they played Florida State, is Florida State really back? Or is you know what I'm saying? So how you really dissect each team in the actual game. Um, you know, Florida State's a good team um, or whatnot, and they're making strides into being back to when they were when they won the national championship. Being back to what they were when they won the national championship. They still have a lot way to go, and they deal with injuries as well. Um, not not to get off on them or whatever, but um, but yeah, man, I love talking, talking sports and everything. So, like I said, Florida State, that's a family thing or whatever, but I'm Auburn at the end of the day, so that's my main um, objective and prerogative. <laughs> All right. Well, we just want to thank you again for coming on and talking to us tonight, and um, you're you're good to sign off unless you got anything else to tell us. No, nah, man. Appreciate y'all having me, and I'm um, looking forward to you know chopping it up with y'all again in the future, and um, you know yeah, just hit sure. me up, reach out, reach out, add me on social media. Uh, with got got my information um, or whatnot. So, um, where are you going, man? And y'all, I'll be in touch. I appreciate All right. it. Have a good All night. Right, All right. Favorite in this game with the over under at 50 even. And that just means that Vegas expects Auburn to maybe get one touchdown. Maybe. Look, and try wait, real hard. The way we've been playing, they're fucking scoring thirty-five. I I agree with you one hundred percent. That that's just how it's been. Especially so, Auburn's defense is four spots higher in total defense than Missouri. They are thirty-five. Missouri is 39th. The biggest difference to me between these two defense is the composition. It's how they're built. Missouri has a very fast, very athletic defense. Defensive front, just in general, right? Like we saw, we saw Missouri's outside linebackers giving steps in hell all night. Yeah, but Auburn is a—they're the typical SEC defensive front. They're strong, they're aggressive, but they're slow, right? That's what you typically see in the SEC. Auburn also seems to just lack playmakers on the outside to make a deep threat. Auburn is 102nd nationally in completion percentage with both TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford combined for 57.4% completion. And that is including their cupcake games that they should have walked through. Their offense entirely goes through the run game or it, it doesn't move. Um, 
That being said, they do have one of the best, I would say, one of the best three running backs in the SEC in Tank Bigsby. They've got Robbie Ashford, who is just an absolute athlete at quarterback position, still trying to figure out what what is up in this offense. But I think he's a good player. Um, but I think the weaknesses on Auburn's team line up with the strengths on Georgia's team. I think the defense will allow Georgia to kind of find its way on offense that they haven't really been able to the last few weeks. Derek Hall scares me on their defensive line. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about that with Andrew. Um, he does scare me, but I think, I think they're able to get it done in the run game, especially if they keep going with that gap scheme they used in the second half last week. Um, Papo's an athlete. I just don't know if he'll be able to – Papo's going to be matched up on Darnell and Brock all night. Yeah. And no one's been able to stop them. You might slow them down, but you ain't stopping them. No. Those two. Darnell put um, the team on his back against Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, Darnell's probably my favorite player on this team. I – We'll we'll go over that at another point, but I am one of the biggest Darnell Washington fans that you will find. But getting back to this game, I'm taking the dogs to win. I don't like the spread. In-conference rivalry, Harson's coaching for his job, what seems like the sixth game out of six that he's coaching for his job. I don't I don't like the damn near 30 points, but I'm taking the dogs to win. What about you? Yeah. Um see, and I feel opposite. I don't think Harson's fighting for his job. I've said it all, all season. I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I, I don't And that's what Andrew said too. Yeah, I, I I don't think so in the SEC, and like he was like you'll hear later on in the in the you know interview we had. It's something about Auburn where, like, they only give their coaches two years to do anything. Kirby didn't win a national championship until his sixth year. Granted, he made it to the national championship game his second year, but granted, should have won it. But it took him six years and actually getting his players and actually getting his team to believe and buy into him. Six years. Six years. Harson's been there, what, this is the second? Tyler yeah. Simmons was on sides. Yeah, yes, he was. But I, I don't know what – and I didn't like that spread either until I started doing a little dive while you were talking. So, on the season, Auburn is 1-4 against the spread. We're, granted, Georgia's 2-3 and three in those two games being Missouri and Kent State. No, you mean the two they got were Oregon, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, but, 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 yeah. But that is a high spread. Yes. And I know I said it last week. I feel I feel bad for Auburn. It's at home. You know them boys are fucking pissed. You I guarantee know. you it's going to be loud as hell in Sanford on Saturday. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be loud. Ashford's never dealt. I can tell you right now he hasn't dealt with an environment like they're going to feel in Athens on Saturday. 
and what Fair. I would do to be there. Why that, yeah. It's probably going to be on par with – if I mean, I feel like it's going to be more, but on par with the Arkansas game last year. With the God, that was so loud. Yeah. That was so loud. And that was noon. That safety was in the end zone. We have seats in, too. It was so loud. Oh, wow. I feel I feel like they cover. You're, you're taking them to cover. I, I'm taking them to cover. And, hell, I might even take the over just by themselves. No, I'm not going that high. Damn. But, Damn. I mean, I mean, the over is 50. It's not that high, really. With the way the defense has been playing, it's not that high. <laughs> the question is, we saw what Penn State did on the Sovereign team. Yes. And what was that final score? 40-something to 14? Yeah. I'll pull it back up real quick. Some of that. Um, we'll cut this out. It was 41-12. 41-12. So, the Penn State beat this Auburn team. 41-12. Granted, TJ Finley played most of that game, or some of that game. He was hurt in part of that game. If Penn State can put up 41 points and Georgia can't put up at least 41 points, I'm going to lose a lot of confidence in the rest of this season. Yeah. I'm just glad this game isn't in Jordan Hare. Yeah, because – they, after seeing that game last week, I know if this was at Auburn, they would be loud, they would be there, they would yeah. be ready. Yep. And that's why I'm glad Tennessee isn't in Neyland. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm glad that that Tennessee game's a home game. Yeah, God. All right, so that is that is all the games that we're picking this week. Um we did not put out a betting graphic last week. That is typically something I do, but uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this guy named Ian that tried to roll through last week. I was on Thursday trying to get ready, expecting it to hit the house. We were having a lot of wins, ended up losing power for a little bit, didn't have Wi-Fi for half the night. It was just kind of a disaster, okay. but we will get back to that this week. We lucked out, but I still – didn't have the time to get that graphic out. We will get back to it this week. Like I, like we always say, Instagram, nothing.finder.pod. We are over 200 followers. So if you don't already yeah. get on that, um, we will be putting out the ASW giveaway here soon. We're going to throw some stuff in with them. Uh, just haven't finalized all the details as far as our part of that goes. So we'll be posting that on the Instagram here soon. Facebook, Nothing Finer Podcast. It's a group. Join it. We talk a lot of shit. We share some memes, talk about rumors, everything. Um, Wes has got at Finder Pod on Twitter. We yeah. still have the Gmail, Nothing Finder Podcast at gmail.com. Is there anything else? Oh, we are finalizing a t shirt design that will get added to the post in our Facebook group for anything you guys want to get from us stickers koozies decals polos embroidered like nice dry fit polo with embroidery on the chest 
Um, we're working on these t-shirts. I Wes has seen the design. I really like it. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Wes, you got anything? Yeah. So, um, some news. Um, this weekend, four star edge Damon Wilson will be in Athens. Oh. So hopefully, we can you know show him a good time in Athens. You know, show him. Unfortunately, it's not a night game because you know we don't get those. Um, every, every week it seems like Tennessee is getting is an inch and closer to a night game. God, man, Oof, that place would be loud. But yeah, so he'll be in Athens. Um, we had two commits over this past week: one from basketball from Winter Haven, Florida, four-star point guard or power forward, um, Dylan James. So Mike White's going into Florida's backyard. If you don't know, Mike White was the old Gator head coach. Um, now, current Georgia head coach going down to Florida and grabbing some guys out of there, which you got to love. Oh, yeah. You you, you got to love that. And then oh, yeah. another commit, four-star wide receiver for the class of 2023, Tyler Williams. Once again, another Florida boy coming up, crossing the border up into Athens. So that's two commits from Florida, two different sports. You got to love it. Yeah, no, for sure. And so I think recruiting is something we're going to get into a little bit deeper on the bye week episode. And I'll get Wes's, I'll get your input on that before we uh, finalize and get some stuff going. Cause I know you'll be, you'll be busy that week. Yeah. I leave the 11th and I won't be back till the 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. So you will be busy that week, but I'll get your take on that. We'll kind of go over what we're going to talk about so I can get your input. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Jordan's finally getting some recruiting. BMAX doing his job. Let's go. Getting some wide receivers in. We got Yazid Harris. We got this new guy from Florida. It's looking good in the wide receiver room in, moving forward. But – I think that's going to do it for us on this uh, week six preview episode. So always remember there is nothing finer in the land. Then a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.